0: Thank you for tuning in to Aggie Catholic Talks. This talk is a recording from Magnify on March 31st, 2022. Our guest speaker, Emily Laiuza, spoke on identity, what it is, and where to find it. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast to keep up to date with other talks, including future talks from Magnify. Thanks, God bless, and giga. My name is Emily. I'm going to just share a little bit about who I am. I know we did get my um, resume bio just now, but... Um, would love to just share a little bit more personally about who I am. So, I grew up a little outside New Orleans in a city called Kenner, Nola, yeah. Um, and uh, I went to Franciscan, the Catholic bubble of America. And then I was a Culture Project missionary for two years where I served in Los Angeles. And then they moved me to Toledo, Ohio. I'm like, what happened? Um, and then I worked at KU for four years. And then I got wrote back into working for the Culture Project. So I'm the recruitment hiring director there. Um, some other fun facts. I have an eight-month-old golden doodle named Stella, and I love her a lot. Um, the person watching her FaceTimed me so I could see her little cute teddy bear face, and I cried. So that's embarrassing, but I did, because I miss her. Um, I've been told I'm pretty like motherly and caring, but I also am really impatient, and I have a temper. So other fun facts. Um, I have a really hodgepodge family. I have like step siblings, half siblings, whatever kind of sibling you can have, I probably have it. Um, I'm a really outgoing person. I like to laugh. I like to, you know, hang out have a good time. I always have the urge to like do a cartwheel randomly. I have no idea how to do a cartwheel, but I get the urge to do one pretty frequently. Um, I also, you know, have had my low moments in my life. Um, Last year, I had a really, really hard year, and now I'm on a little low-dose antidepressant. So if you're in that boat, here we are together. Uh, Yeah, I I said my my family's pretty hodgepodge. I come from a divorced home. um, And I've had a a good amount of adversity in my life, but I think it's um, formed my sense of humor and um, made me resilient. So I wouldn't trade for the world. So I'm Emily, and those are some ways that I identify myself, I guess, or um, share my identity, and I kind of just want to, you're probably sitting next to your friends, but uh, I just want to take like three seconds, and I want you to look at someone next to you. If you're not looking at anyone, everyone needs to be looking at someone. So if you're looking at me, then you're not looking at someone. (laughs) Okay, wait, you don't even know what to do yet. You don't even know what to do do yet. So look at this person. It might be a little uncomfortable. And I want you to tell them who you are in three seconds. OK, OK. how well you did it. That was really loud. Good job. So tonight I'm going to be talking about identity. Um, Whoa, there's a step there and I almost fell. (laughs) I'm going to be talking about identity. And uh, when when I was in college, that was like a, a buzzword. Like, do you know your identity? What's your identity? Is your identity rooted? And I'd be like, I don't know what that means. I just don't. I don't even think I fully knew what the word meant. So if you don't know what that means, we're going to go over that. That's going to be step one because, um, yeah, I, I didn't know. I didn't understand. So I'm going to give a pretty basic I- uh, identity definition. It's going to be divided into two parts. So one part is the outward facing identity. So what is composed of that? Your characteristics, right? I have brown hair and brown eyes. I'm five two. I am 5'2". I wag, you know? So like, my characteristics? Also your thoughts about yourself. What do you think about yourself? And how you're viewed by the world. So maybe you're an aunt or an uncle, your brother or sister, your student, you're a young professional, you're a young adult, whatever, how you're viewed by the world. So that's like the outward facing identity that I'm talking about. The second part is um, the deeper inward identity, who you are to your core, your being. It's like this deeper intangible identity that you all have. And I think usually we have a good understanding of the outward facing, right? The outward facing identity is probably what you just said in three seconds. Or you just talked about what you had for dinner. I don't know. But you're supposed to talk about who you are. So if you did that, that's probably what you said, the outward facing. Um, I think the latter form of identity, the core, the being, is the part that we wrestle with the most, the part that um, we probably don't reflect on as much or we don't think about as much. Both of these parts are important because they make up who you are, and um, from your identity flows your life, how you think, the decisions you make, how you feel. The issue here is, though, the, the more outward-facing identity, it's, it's easily influenced, and it changes quickly. If I decide today I'm a brunette, tomorrow I'm going to dye my hair blonde. It's different. I'm not going to do that. I have this like. Never mind. I'm not going into it. Okay. <laughs> so, um, so the problem comes when we take the surface level, outward facing identity, and we use that to define the inward, deep core identity, and we all do it, all the time, and that's where the problems come in. And. Uh, Our society and the world around us, that it doesn't really help us with that problem. So when I was, I don't know, probably third grade was the first time I can remember starting to do this, where I started to put the surface level, outward facing identity as my core. And how that came out was um, me putting my worth in my accomplishments. So the identity lie that I was believing, and probably still do for, some like part of me is you are what you do and how well you do it and uh i think in our day and age like everyone probably has a little bit of that in them i'm this major i know at ku it was like a really big deal for i'm picking on people sorry for people who were aerospace engineers to let everyone know that they were aerospace engineers (laughs) And there was something they got out of that, I don't know. Not to pick on the aerospace engineers. Go NASA. So you are what you do and how well you do it. Or I scored this on that test. Um, I remember in high school, like sharing your ACT score was like, man, I did not want to do that. But that's what everyone was doing, you know? Or I got chosen for this internship or that internship. Some of you are probably going through that process right now. And we put our identity in those things. Or maybe you put your identity in uh, what you're involved in, okay? St. Mary's, I've, I've uh, learned, has a lot of different things that you can be involved in. Um, maybe your identity comes from the fact, I, got, I picked some of the students' brains today, um, that you're some sort of leader at St. Mary's. That you're a <laughs> got her, got her. Maybe, maybe your identity comes from the fact that you're a group leader at John Fifteen. If you need to shrink into your chair, that's okay. Or maybe it comes from you being an exec leader of any of the ministries at Saint Mary's, and that's great. It's so good to be a leader. And it's so good to give back in that way, right? But we all know, I spent a lot of time at KU, a lot of time in a Catholic circle there. Um, there's a certain like cloud that comes when you're like an exec, you know? You're perceived in a certain way, right? You're perceived like you have your stuff together. Wow, look at that holy person, right? And we can start to like feed off of that we all done it. We, we know. We I mean, y'all are kind of quiet because you know what I'm talking about, right? So maybe you put your identity in what you're involved in. Maybe you put your identity in how you feel. I need a sip of water. <laughs> <laughs> wasn't a joke, wasn't a joke. I was really thirsty. Maybe you put your identity in how you feel. And um, this is, I'm going to, I know we've been laughing. I'm going to get a little real for a second. So. I said in the beginning, I'm pretty impatient and sometimes have a little bit of a temper. It runs on my family. And uh, I'm not kidding, not a day goes by that I don't like say something sharp. And every time it happens, I'm like, oh my gosh, literally, why am I like this? Why do I do this? I'm annoying, you know? And the lie that goes on in my head when I feel that is I'm a monster. How could anyone... Love that. The year that I had like a really big dip, I had a lot of stuff going on in my life and, and was struggling a lot. And I've never, <clears throat> thanks be to God, I've never like struggled with depression before. And so I didn't really even know what I was feeling when I was feeling it. And uh, I remember when I was feeling, you know, in that pit of depression, I was. I remember sitting in my bed being like, Am I going to be like this forever? Will I feel like this forever? Have I changed? Where did Emily go? Do you identify with how you feel? Do you put your identity in who other people say that you are? We all really want to be liked, right? And uh, maybe you don't, I don't know. I hope so. When you're in a group and you, like, want that group to, like, approve of you and then you feel someone in the group, like, not vibing with what you're saying, you feel like you start to, like, doubt a little bit, you kind of shrink, or, like, you're in this group and you like that cute girl and you're like, I really just wanted to laugh at my jokes and she's not, you know, or, like, you're that girl that, like, hasn't ever been asked out and you start thinking, you know. Maybe there's something wrong with me. Maybe I'm not enough in these areas. Or you're the guy that's like putting stuff out there and you keep getting shot down. Hey, you want to go get a ice cream? No, thank you. You're like, oh, dude. Like, (laughs) will someone just come and grab like a cone with me? You know? (laughs) But for real, I think, um, there's a temptation to, to start doubting the goodness of ourselves because of our experiences. And if you're having an experience that is causing you to doubt the good things that you know about who you are, you're letting that define your identity. That's like a little, like, little, like, flag, whatever that sound was. Um, so what happens when we start putting our identity in... Uh, what other people say or our achievements or how holy we think we look when we're praying i think we start to get confused i think we can get anxious and doubtful and get depressed and we become not grounded we're not grounded um, why because these things are fleeting they're changing People's opinions change all the time. Maybe that person didn't like you that day because they were having a bad day. Maybe that girl did, said no to ice cream because she's lactose intolerant. <laughs> these things are fleeting. And when we, when we put our identity in these things, uh, we're not grounded. If you're putting your identity in your leadership at St. Mary's, what happens when you graduate? Let me tell you what happens. Whatever you're getting from that leadership position that is feeding security within you or making you feel confident, once you leave that position, you are going to go find something else that is going to feed the same thing. And you're just going to keep rooting your identity in things that change. These these identities aren't solid. Who here knows the story of the three little pigs? Okay, if you're not raising your hand, that's silly. (laughs) Everyone raise your hand. If you don't know it, I'll tell you the story. So there are these three little pigs. And they all were like, we're gonna build some houses because the housing market is insane, so we're building our own. (laughs) And the first pig was like, I got some straw, I'm building my house out of that. The second pig is like, I got some sticks, I'm building my house out of that. And the third pig is like, y'all are dumb, I'm building my house out of bricks, all right? And then this wolf comes along and obviously he wants to eat the pigs. They don't say that in the kids' version, but I'm telling you. (laughs) And So he comes and he blows down the straw house because it's made of straw. And he blows down the stick house because it's made of sticks. But he can't blow down the brick and rock house because it's made of like cement and brick and stuff. So that pig is like just fine. We need to build our identity out of brick. Here's a fun fact. They don't tell this in the kid's story either, but I'm adding it. The wolf that comes to blow down these houses, he's dressed up like a sheep. He's dressed up like a sheep. And he looks uh, harmless. When we put our identity in the outward facing things, in the things of the world, it looks good outwardly. It feels good in the moment, but it can give you a false sense of confidence and a false sense of security, and it easily is blown away. And Jesus kind of talks about this. He says, build your house on rock, right? Not on sand, so when the waters come, it's not washed away. So what's the truth? What's the brick that we build our house from, that we build our identity in. It's not what you do or your characteristics that define who you are, but it's from who you are that flow out what you do. It's from your being that flows out your decisions, your thoughts, your feelings. If you don't believe that you're enough, your decisions are probably gonna reflect that you don't believe you're enough. If you believe that you have friends and popularity because of what you offer people, your relationships are gonna reflect that identity. We need to live from an unchanging and unmoving truth of who we are. And you probably all know where this is going. But I was always told, Okay, what's your identity? I am a son of God. I am a daughter of God. Beautiful. I also did not know what that meant when I was in college. It didn't land. I'm just like, okay, like, let me imagine that. I don't know if it's just cuz I didn't have a model of that growing up or if it's just something that's like really abstract that I couldn't comprehend. So, if you're in that boat, maybe it's not just me. What's the brick? Um, the truth that we're building our identity on, you're loved. That's it. I feel like that's easier to like, grasp onto. And love is a really powerful thing. <laughs> Who here has been in love before? ooh, ooh la la. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so if you were, the, were one of the brave souls that raised your hand, when you're in love, it brings confidence. It brings security. It makes you feel stronger. That's what love does it strengthens, it builds up. I'm dating this guy named Christian. Ooh la la. <laughs> Since dating him, there are things that I used to worry about that I don't worry about anymore. Like, how big my hair is going to get by the end of the day. Or like, how much I weigh. Or like, when's the last time I showered? Just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) I shower, okay. Um, Love is powerful. And when we root ourselves in this identity that is true, that you're loved, you're, like, unstoppable. You're loved because you exist, period. But what happens? We don't know how to receive that truth, usually. There's, like, blocks for us, like, letting that take root and living from that, letting that flow our life, our life flow coming from that. Um, The blocks are wounds and sin. And uh, I only have a limited amount of time, Uh, So I'm going to kind of blow through this section really quick. But, um, wounds and sin, how do you get those out of your life? Thank you. Yeah, that was great. That was, I'm going to answer the question, but I appreciate the audience participation. (laughs) Here are the three things I'm going to tell you. Wounds and sin. If you need to go to counseling, go to counseling. If you think you need to go to counseling, Go to counseling. Okay? Prayer and sacraments. Who is the person that said confession? Yeah, a little louder, dude. Say it. Confession. Heck yeah. Okay. <laughs> Prayer and sacraments. And good community. If you don't know what it's like to be loved, you need to surround yourself with people that love you for who you are. You're loved. This is the message of the organization I work for, the Culture Project. This is the message that we preach. Um, This is where I'm gonna talk to you about the place I work. Culture Project is a group of young people that um, believe in the dignity of the human person. And we believe that our society has lost the truth of who they are and what they're made for. And we wanna remind them. So, I just want to invite you to close your eyes for a second. And uh, I want you to imagine yourself at the age of 10. For me, I was really chubby and had really large eyebrows. Imagine yourself at that age and what was going on, how'd you feel, what was happening in your life. And then I want you to imagine your current self. Coming into that image. What 10 year old you need to hear? You give them a hug. You tell them they're good. I don't want you to imagine your 16 year old self. Do the same thing. What was going on when you were 15, 16? What did you need? What did you need to hear? And give them a hug. Tell them they're good. They're gonna be okay. And go open your eyes. That's what culture-positive missionaries get to do every day. Because the reality is the identity confusion, the doubt, the lack of understanding of the fact that you are worthy of the love that you long for, it doesn't start when you're in college. It started back then. That's when you needed the reminder. That's when you needed someone to come in. And for some of you, that's the person that needs the healing. Not the you now, it's the little you. That's okay. Yeah, we're here to, the Culture Project's here to remind you of who you are. You're made by love, for love, to love. And that's never changing, no matter what you have done and what you will do. Um, I hope that tonight I was able to remind you a little bit of your identity. I'm going to close with a scripture verse and a prayer. And I know that... We're gonna go into some praise and worship and um, time of adoration. So I just invite you to take the scripture verse to your own prayer. And it's one you've probably already heard before, nothing new. Um, But when I read it, I want you to think of God's love. God telling you about his love. (sighs) Love is patient. Love is kind. It's not jealous. Love is not pompous. It's not inflated. It's not rude. It does not seek its own interests. It is not quick-tempered. It does not brood over injury. It does not rejoice over wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. It bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never fails. So Heavenly Father, we um, come before you as your sons and your daughters, your children, even if you don't know what that means, Lord. We know that we're loved. And we set before you our hearts, the places of our hearts that um, have not taken root to this truth, the blocks, the wounds, the sins, the areas that we have not fully surrendered to you. And we try this night again to lay them before you and to receive the love, the perfect love that you have to offer. We pray for the grace to live from that love, to live in that truth, to not be discouraged or doubtful or fearful, but to be reminded of the goodness of who we are in your eyes.